A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Heko nae purangi te nei na te reo irirangi o aotearoa. Kia ora, and welcome to Our Changing World from RNZ. I'm Alison Balance. We don't often do beer, the drink that is, on the show, let alone science inspired by beer. But there's always a first time. To find out more, I'm off to a very interesting place at the University of Auckland to meet marine biology professor Andrew Jeffs and PhD student Alistair Harris. Before we explain what we're here for, we're going to talk about where we are, and I thought we'd do that by talking about the acoustic characteristics of the space we're in, because this is quite a quiet room, but it's not completely quiet. So this would be an average university room. What can you hear, Andrew? Yeah, I can hear some noise from the street outside. I can hear an extractor fan burbling away in the background. I can hear someone tapping on a keyboard. If I listen carefully, I can hear Alistair puffing from running up the road to get to this interview on time. There's two really interesting rooms here, so let's go into this one. And as we come into here, this is a room that reverberates and echoes. Yeah, it's, uh, it's got hard surfaces all around, and it's designed to uh, reverberate, basically. It's a noisy room. And so I take it this would be the complete opposite of what you've been looking for in a sound space. Yeah, it's, it's not very good for what we're trying to do. If you're trying to control any sort of sound, you don't want it coming straight back at you, especially if you drop anything or something like that. So. Okay, well, let's just go back out of this room, and on the other side of the other room is a very interesting space. So back through one room and into a space that is completely the opposite. So what are we hearing, Andrew? Not a lot. This is meant to be the quietest place in New Zealand. All the sound from outside in the environment has been blocked off by giant sponge blocks in every direction you look and those blocks are shaped in a particular shape to to capture the sound and and basically absorb it completely. So what is this room? So this is the anechoic chamber. Um, As Andrew said it's really the quietest place in New Zealand. As you walk in you can feel it on your ears. You come in and you can just notice all the sound drop off completely which is quite a cool feeling really. Hmm. It's odd because we're just so used to getting feedback via sound from our environment and there's just nothing here. Totally. Even just hearing you, you sound completely different because your voice, the reverberation that I normally helps me hear you has, has gone and it, I guess the timber, the resonance, the tone of your voice actually kind of changes as a result of being in this room. So what have you been doing in this room? Why were you looking for such a quiet, dead space? Well, we're looking at how sound affects the behaviour of yeast when it's fermenting beer. And to do that, you need somewhere to start with where there is no sound. So this is the perfect place to come because then any sound you generate, you can add sound as you like, but it's very hard to add sound when there's already a whole lot of sound already there that may be interfering with what you're trying to achieve. So it's, it's like the perfect control space for silence. So you've basically turned this place into a mini brewery. Yeah, effectively. The people who run the space were a bit shocked when we first came in. 
but I think they grew to love it a bit, yeah. So what's the idea? The, the idea that somehow the yeast might be responding to different kinds of sounds? Absolutely, that we can add different types of sound and different loudnesses of sound and alter the way that the yeast behaves and potentially in positive ways that might help the quality of the beer, so better flavours or maybe improve the production in terms of perhaps speeding it up or helping finish the beer in a way that may not be possible using current commercial methods. So how did you go about testing all of this? So we have a uh, novel setup that we kind of developed and put together. So we basically have an underwater speaker and we submerge that in and we put our fermentations in water as well. So everything is maintained in a way that the sound doesn't have any kind of changes into air, into glass, that kind of thing. We keep it keep it steady so that we can really control what's going on and get the sound going directly to the yeast. So what kind of sounds were you playing? So we're looking at the whole audible spectrum, so we're kind of dividing it up based on some previous research we've seen, and we're kind of just doing a broad scan to see what's really going on across the whole spectrum, yeah. So you're just using different frequencies? Different frequencies and also different intensities or loudnesses of sound. So it could be very quiet sounds or very, very loud sounds. So understanding how those different aspects of the sounds may affect it. Once we've got a bit more of a handle on how those two things work, we'll also be looking at how changing the sound through time may actually make a difference in terms of how the yeast yeast behaves. And that's particularly important when you've got a fermentation process. When you're fermenting beer, it's usually done in a batch process, particularly for craft brewing. And the behaviour of the yeast changes as, as it grows through the ferment, as it gets more and more crowded, it gets more and more difficult for the yeast to make a living and there's less and less sugar for them to burn. And so it may be that applying sound at different times in the process may also play a role for the yeast as well. So that's almost like you could compose a, a slow song for the yeast and it has certain notes at the beginning and certain loudnesses and then that changes and that keeps changing and it keeps changing for the entire process of the fermentation. Absolutely, like a yeast symphony that has a crescendo at the end that maybe provides the perfect finish, yes. It's also good with beer as well, with the different yeasts that get used and the different types of beer, you could potentially mix it up and change that sound specifically for the beer that you want to produce or the yeast that you were using. Craft brewers are starting to use different types of yeast, and who knows how it interacts. So for your experiment though, did you just consistently use the same kind of yeast under the, exactly the same conditions so that the only thing that was changing was the sound? Yeah, that's correct. Using sound is kind of a bit of an out there proposition, so we have to make sure it's as controlled as possible so we can really be sure that what we're doing is what's having the effect. So you must have had some interesting experiences working with the yeast in here? Yeah, when you're here alone you really get to have a feeling of the fermentation so you can pick up the bubbles coming out. It's quite a surreal experience just by yourself with no other sounds whatsoever. So those sounds you wouldn't normally hear just become magnified in this quiet space. Yeah, exactly. If you've ever opened a bottle of Coke, I'm sure you know what the sound of bubbles coming out. It's not something you normally hear in fermentation, but in this room you can really pick up those bubbles forming. Yeah, it's really cool. And when you get the sound going on as well, when you're actually applying the sound to the fermentations, it's a pure tone and you don't often realise how different sound sounds when it's isolated from everything else. So yeah, it's something... So were you seeing differences in the way the yeast responded at those different frequencies and those different volumes? For sure. We're seeing 
particularly at this stage, we're looking at the difference between silence and sound. So we're showing that sound does have an effect. And as we move forward, we're going to kind of take apart the different sounds and see if, how and if they individually impact that yeast. So are you excited by what you're seeing? Absolutely. If you have a look around, there has been virtually no work done in the, in the space previously at all, other than the work that's been done here. And we're getting some really interesting results, which we didn't expect either. And, you know, that's exciting, both scientifically, but also in terms of uh, making good beer. And the thing with fermentation is it's a very commonly used process for for making food, but also industrial chemicals and a lot of other things as well. So the research has a lot of potential to deliver benefits across a whole range of areas where fermentation is used. So what's your background? Is it microbes or sound or beer? So I come from a microbial background, I guess. I was working with a industrial fermentation laboratory in the University of Auckland as well. I've always, as I'm sure all students do, had a love of beer, homebrew and that kind of thing. And so this kind of lets me take my home passion and put it into a real environment where I can carry on learning and that kind of thing. Beer aside, the yeast must just be a useful model organism to work with? Uh, absolutely, because it's easy to, to store and to revive and it, it's, it's got a, a relatively simple you know, way of reproducing and developing. Mm. That's well known as well. We know a lot about its metabolic pathways, the way that it, it utilises the sugar resources and so that's a great background for us to be understanding how the sound actually changes some of those processes. Particularly in New Zealand where we have a lot of wine fermentation and there's a big wine science uh, department at the university so they have a really good understanding of what's going on in fermentation. So the using these yeasts lets us kind of apply some of that previous knowledge and helps make the picture a bit clearer as we go forward. So you've got some funding from MB for this. It's a three-year project. What stage are you up to? We're in the second year at the moment. The approach of the project was to try and in the way that Alistair explained, use experimental uh, techniques to try and isolate what characteristics of sound make a difference to yeast. And in doing that, trying to understand the fundamental processes of, of how the sound's interacting so that it makes it easier for then uh, going and applying it to other yeast strains, for example, and uh, perhaps adjusting the types of sounds we use for particular situations. So with that knowledge, in the third year, we're going to get to work with a, with a craft brewer garage project in Wellington, and we're actually going to apply some of those learnings to demonstrate that it works. So where did this whole idea come from in the first place? I mean, I'm thinking also that you have a background in marine biology, so this is a, something a bit different for you in that respect. Totally. My research to date has been looking at sound in the underwater environment. Again, it's an area where it's not very well understood, and we're just starting to get to grips with it. I've got quite a bit of equipment for recording and making sound underwater. And I had a call out of the blue from Garage Project saying they were working with the New Zealand Symphony Orchestra and they were wanting to put symphonic music into one of their brews to make a Viennese lager. So I helped them with that equipment to set it up and, and make what turned out to be quite a remarkable beer. And so some of the unusual results from that fun project is actually what spawned uh, this quite significant research project. Would you get different results, do you think, if you played something like death metal instead of symphonic music? Well, it's funny you say that because Garage Project actually had its 666th brew after the Viennese New Zealand Symphony Orchestra project, and they thought they'd do something different. They still had my gear. And so they did death metal. I think it was 20 years of death metal uh, history at full volume. 
and the beer was very, very different. I can tell you that. So I think that's your field experiment done in one. I also get from this that you get to do some taste testing at the end. Well, it was quite interesting. I had some Viennese lager and some uh, death metal beer, and I took it to a uh, staff function just to, for people to taste it, and the whole lot went in a flash. So, yes, we do get to taste it, and the technicians here at the Anechoic Chamber have got to try a few of the brews as well. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. That was Andrew Jeffs from the Institute of Marine Science at the University of Auckland. We also heard from PhD student Alistair Harris. And this research is a collaboration with fermentation expert Silas Boas. I'm Alison Balance, and this Our Changing World podcast from RNZ first aired on the 22nd of August 2019. To listen again, just head to our webpage, rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld. While you're there, you can sign up for our free weekly email newsletter or check out previous podcasts. Stay in touch. We love hearing from you. And you'll find us on Facebook and Twitter as RNZ Science. You'll also find us as a podcast, RNZ Our Changing World, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio and plenty of other places. My other podcast series, RNZ Elemental, is celebrating the 150th anniversary of the periodic table of elements. And we are up to nitrogen and osmium. Who knew that osmium was the heavyweight champion of the elements? Well, I never. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Mate wa. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details.